My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Decepticons, transform and rise up! Calling Autobots! Calling Autobots! This is a battle protocol! Robots with emotions. Robots who can die. Hey folks, and welcome back to Transformers Tuesdays, the fanhole spinoff show where we talk about Transformers every time and all the time. I'm Mike, I'm going to be your host tonight, and joining me tonight is... Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC, I have technological solutions. Good, good, because we need them. We definitely need them. Yahoo! It feels great to be a Technobot! Tonight we are going to be talking um, the Transform- the IDW Transformers Annual 2021 which shockingly came out in 2021. I know. What? Yeah, right? It's right there in the name, yeah. But uh, it's part of um, what people like, what people kind of usually call like IDW 2.0 continuity or like the, the 2019 IDW continuity or whatever, which was, you know, it started obviously started in 2019 and it lasted up until like last year until like IDW lost the Transformers license basically. And, um, like I, there were a few reasons why I wanted to talk this annual beyond like the fact that I I kind of like it and stuff, but uh, you know we we as of this recording we just learned that like you know well, recently in the last couple of weeks that like for sure like Skybound Image has the Transformers comic license and they're going to be producing Transformer comics like in in, in the future and we you know we had a stealth like announce uh, almost stealth announcement of that. Like recently with the release of a uh, Void Rivals number one, which featured Jetfire and like, you know, Stealth announced that Skybound has the Transformers comic license. So like I I kind of wanted to like have a word almost like. Yeah, a, yeah. Something like, the, like a, the previous. Like, yeah. Talk about the previous one. And it's almost like a bridge to the new one in a way, too. Yeah. Right? Uh huh. Yeah. And like, you know, another couple connections are like that they just announced and showcased a new bludgeon figure. And he's largely based on the bludgeon design that shows up in this annual. So that's oh, sort of a, okay. like, that's sort of like a tie in too. That's, and that's, like, a, that's a Hasbro release. Yeah. Uh, hmm. He's, he's okay. like a remold of like that new Tarn figure they just okay. released. So okay. like in the legacy line. So yeah, but it, his head sculpt is like undoubtedly based on like Alex Milne's like art from this hmm. issue. He's he's kind of got like the same color layout, too. So but uh, and then also, you know, just general in a general sense, like, you know, I, I think I was trying to think of like how we could discuss like discontinuity without having to like go through all of it or whatever. And I, like I decided like this is like my high point of the continuity or my okay. like, favorite like single issue. And, you is know, that, is that is that weird? Like, like, because I, I, I sort of feel like given that Alex Milne was doing all the art on it, I, I, I know it's still written by Brian Ruckley. But I mean, I, I do feel like this annual was kind of like a reversal of some of the things they were going, you know, like I, I, I would say Alex Milne's more heavily associated with, you know, phase two of the first yeah. IDW continuity. Right. And, and so you know, having him do an entire annual, it does 
to me, it felt like, you know, if, if you if you were completely uninterested in, you know, IDW 2.0, as you're calling it, that this might have grabbed your attention just because at least the art style was was familiar, yeah, familiar as far as the previous one. And then the other thing I thought was weird is, I mean, I don't know if this is helpful to you to frame this discussion, but like I was trying to think of it like, can you think of I mean, because that IDW continuity was so long running, like it was so long running that I mean, is my understanding correct? Like Hasbro basically mandated them to restart it. Like, I mean, that's what it feels um, like, right? I think it was a combination of that and them just, you know, saying, well, this continuity is getting kind of long in the tooth and we got to I think they had to reboot anyway, as all comic like companies do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was time for the annual try to boost sales like reboots. But I mean, but I mean, they could have they could have done relaunches without rebooting the continuity like they could have just had a brand new adjectiveless Transformers. And, you know, it picks up from after the events of you know, the Unicron trilogy or the whatever it was, you know, yeah. Unicron, whatever that miniseries I, was. I probably read something about it in the, in the past, but I don't really remember. I think they like I think the official word from like John Barber was like, you know, we thought it was like about time to end it, basically. And that's why we did. So. Well, well, see, and that, I guess that that therein lies my confusion. I mean, if you thought it was time to end it. Then, th- then you would think, okay, then it's done, right? Like somebody else gets the license or 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 something. But it's like they held on to the license and they they still relaunched again. And it's like I I don't know. Like uh, what I was trying to think of is, and I can't think of it. Like w- when in the history of licensed materials has something run so long that they've had to reboot a licensed, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, uh-huh. like that, 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 that to me seems, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just being hyper-focused on transformers or whatever. And I'm missing something completely obvious, but I can't think of something where like at, at random throwing darts at a board, you know, it's like, it's not like, uh, I don't know, Wildstorm or DC was doing Thundercats so long. They had to like, reboot it or you know what i mean or 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 that somebody had the license to he-man or star wars or whatever it was i mean when star wars got you know uh for lack of a better term rebooted or or crisis on infinite earths it was because disney bought them out dark horse's license was going to end and then it moved to marvel so it was like a you know that that to me that's like expected you made a transition from one company you know dark horse to the next company Going back to Marvel, I guess, is maybe a more accurate way to, you know, present that. But that that's kind of like, oh, of course, Marvel's not going to be beholden to, you know, whatever the Dark Horse continuity is. And then on top of that, you had the whole Disney regime saying, oh, all that stuff is uh, what legends or you know, I don't know, whatever the hell they called it. You know, so it's like you can still buy those. They, they you know, you can still read your old copies, but we're, we're not going to be tied to that for you know, our new movies and our new comics and, and, you know, whatever it is, it's all going to be fresh. And that's essentially what this new IDW 2.0 was. We're not going to be beholden to the previous IDW continuity, but therein to me lies the rub where I'm like, but you're still IDW. There's something about that that just smacks of like the, the way it was sold so matter of factly, but 
you you would really have to be in the trenches of like comics and stuff. Like, can you can you imagine explaining that to somebody who doesn't read comics? Like, okay, you read all these Transformers comics, and 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 it's a big story, and and you finish it, and then right around 2019, all those other comics that you just spent all this time reading, they're done, their story's told, that's finished. Now we're starting over. And and this is on Cybertron before the war starts. And it has nothing to like whatever happened before the war started in that other IDW thing does not apply to this thing. This is a brand new thing. And oh, by the way, you know, of course, Hasbro has their typical, you know, toy tie ins with the the Netflix show. And those designs are also going to be reflected in in this comic series and whatever. And I mean, I think you and I have discussed it before. Right. I mean. It, it, it's certainly what it's like 30 something issues. It's an incredibly slow burn. They, they never really leave Cybertron. So if you're of a mind where you're like, I just want to see Cybertronians, you know, I just want to see transformers and robots, you know, interacting with one another. I don't want any human elements. I don't want them to be on earth or whatever. Then, then potentially some of this on paper would appeal to you and then the converse if the converse is true if you if you need to have humans you know for the scale for the 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 grandiosity of 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 the scale of transformers or whatever and you need to to see that you know the 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 you know the fact that they transform to be in disguise so that they look like recognizable earth vehicles and planes and all that if if that's part of what makes transformers transformers to you then then this may also not work for you on paper but i mean i think i mean um, you know you can chime in and correct me if i'm you know misrepresenting you but i mean i think we both kind of said like okay it was a long burn you know it was like you know a, a large number of these issues were quote unquote written for the trade and i think even in a a more grandiose claremontian fashion it's like it almost seems like the entire arc was written for the trade before it got kind of before the license was was taken away. Right. But I think if you stuck with it, th there were moments for me that really delivered. I mean, I, you know, I, I go on and on, but I mean, I love the moment where, you know, Megatron basically humbles shockwave because I felt like that was like, you know, 40 years in the making or whatever, <laughs> you know, like that, that kind of stuff. And there, there are fun things where, like you say, you can anticipate, you know, seeing some of the fan favorite characters interpreted in this in this 2.0 continuity, however, they they decide to make their appearances and show up. But at the same token, I mean, you can easily argue this is before the story starts and, and you had, you know, whatever it was, 36 odd issues and a bunch of different miniseries and galaxy, you know, arcs or, or what have you along with that, where it, essentially this is this is before anything that you're familiar with. And I think that was also maybe mandated, right? Because that the, the Netflix shows the war for Cybertron and all that, at least when, when this comic launched, that was the premise of at least that first Netflix TV arc. And it seemed like they were trying to be asynchronous with that, but it seemed like with the comic that continued and persisted. Whereas with each subsequent Netflix show, the, the the dynamic of that kind of changed. you know, they, they rocketed off, they, they crashed on Earth, they introduced the Beast Wars characters and all this other stuff. Whereas with this, you know, it, it kind of stayed on Cybertron and they tweaked 
certain things that maybe were in previous continuities that you would have been familiar with about Cybertron and, and or how how combiners are made or I don't know, whatever the the, the myriad of expectations or, or uh, mythos is for Transformers or whatever. You know, they may have played with that and tweaked that. Um, but I mean, I, I you know, it, it's one of those weird things where. I, I guess I enjoyed the ride. I was sad when it was over, but it, I, I still do operate from that kind of, you know, Scooby Doo squint my head, you know, perk my ears up. Like, why was this done in the first place? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it, it, it just seemed like, you know, you, it, it was like if you were riding on the momentum of certain popularity from the previous run you couldn't continue with any of that you're you're basically in 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 one sense you're you're basically alienating all those people that supported you from those previous runs if they were enjoying it you know it, it's kind of like that that uh, chicken or the egg you know new 52 thing i mean we, we constantly have that discussion about you know when dc started the new 52 it was like this kind of act of desperation to bring in new readers whereas and and this seems like somewhat similar it was this act of desperation to relaunch and say okay here's a brand new starting point you don't have to be unburdened by any previous continuity this is a great jumping on point but then what all those people forget is it's also a great jumping off point for all the people uh -huh. who are already reading or like you know in the case of say the new 52 there there were tons of ongoing books that people were reading enjoying and liking that all got you know shit canned because they didn't fit into this new you know model you know this this new direction that they were going in and and you know to to me like that's you know obviously something like I don't know, just throwing shit out there, but you know, something like the lost light or somebody like Rodimus or, or hot rod or whatever. It's like when you start from scratch, it's like, well, you know what did, you know, I didn't expect to see much of that character. And to be perfectly honest, we, we really didn't except for say, arguably some of the miniseries, you know, like last bot standing or whatever. Right. So, and, and that apparently ties into any continuity you want it to, I suppose. Right. But, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm just kind of babbling, but I know we wanted to have that kind of preamble about this era I'm, in general. Like use use this discussion about the annual in particular to to have a kind of overall discussion about the the 2.0 era. And and it it did seem like you know again it was that catch 22 thing. You know, you, it, everybody's jumping on point is easily somebody's jumping off point. And, and it did seem like there were plenty of people, you know, I mean, I, I know Justin came back to it later and caught up, but I think when you and I were reading it on a, you know, kind of like a monthly regular basis, like he, he wasn't keeping up with that. You know what I mean? And, and I think a lot of people, whether they were a barber, you know, fanboys and fangirls, you know, whether they were all about the lost light or whatever that was, or, or, or maybe they were just, you know, G1 purists or I don't know, you know, whatever subdivision camp of fandom they were in this relaunch didn't necessarily, I, I, I don't know, like if there was anything outright that, that had something specific for them, it was more like you were kind of being, 
put, you know, it's kind of like you're, you're being taken out of the school that you liked and were familiar with, where you knew everybody, you knew all the teachers, you had friends there. And, and then, you know, your parents come in and say, oh, hey, guess what? We're moving. We're going to this new place. And, and then you go to this new class. You don't know any of the kids and you don't know any of the teachers, but you kind of know, like, it's a school. There are teachers. There are kids. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, you're not, <laughs> you're not, you're not, you know, it's not, it's not like you're like, completely turned into a blubbering moron about the whole situation. It's like you, you, you understand the dynamics that you're in, but everything is, is going to be, you know, somewhat different and you, you have to readjust, you know, it's like, it's like the people I think in the opening, they couldn't get over. They're like, you killed fan favorite brainstorm, you know, and then everybody's freaking out about it. And then it seemed like you constantly had to sort of remind people like, you know, Oh, Hey, this is a new continuity. He's he's not a fan favorite of anybody. Like he was in the story for two minutes and now he's dead. Do you know what I mean? Like like <laughs> chill the fuck out. Like calm down. You know what I mean? I'm, so I'm I'm still trying to like think of what you originally said about has any other like property done this? And uh, <laughs> the only thing I could think of was uh, Buffy maybe. Like is oh, Buffy still oh, I see. Dark be, be, Horse? Because because Buffy was with Dark Horse or like like I mean because Angel bounced around a different. Yeah, different a- companies, IDW right? Angel, briefly, okay, yeah. So. But but Buffy was constantly with Dark Horse, and then I think what when Joss Whedon started writing like season eight and all that, it did kind of maybe potentially shit can some of the material that they had written before. Is yeah, that- and then I, I don't know, like they ended with like season. <laughs> I think they did like four or five seasons, like a, like of comics at least, and then they ended it like with a four issue, like like I think it was like season eleven or twelve, but it was only four issues, and it was okay. more like a movie, I'd say, like if you were using the season analogy. But then they, you know, they relaunched Buffy with like a new number one and a new continuity. So like I, I think that's still I could I, I'm pretty sure that's still Dark Horse. Like I didn't think she switched companies or whatever. Yeah, I I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, like I mean, like uh, I I think you know I was kind of one of the defenders of this continuity, and like I you know all told, now that it's all over and stuff, like I think it's fine. Like it's yeah. it's fine. Like it's nothing super exceptional, but it's it's a solid story. I liked Ruckley's writing. I think his only stumbling block was his pacing. And I think it's because he was primarily like a novelist before this. Well, that, that's and, what this that's what this feels like. It feels and, and, and I think part of the maybe potential disappointment with it is it feels like it's the first novel in a series of novels that you've been reading for the last. What, is, you know, three years. Do you know yeah, what I mean? So it's like years, yep. so 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 it's like you're, you're sitting there going, OK, I've been reading this one novel for three or four years and then they said, oh, and by the way, we, we've lost the license, like th- th- we're wrapping this up. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of, you know, like that, that is kind of unfulfilling because it, it's like you're desperate to get new people, but you know, you only have the license for a limited time. And then you're playing the long game that you can never quite finish. Like I, I, something about that, like just seems I mean, I guess maybe in 2019 they had no idea, but something about that seems short sighted to me, you know, but yeah, that's just. And, you know, like like you said, um, this this was in the shadow 
of possibly like the most critically well-received era of Transformers comics like ever, like, you know, basically like, so this, there was, like you said, like that brainstorm example, it's like, you know, I even reading issue one at my gut reaction was like, Oh, brainstorm's dead already. But then, you know, when I, the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, but he's nobody in this continuity. Right. It's not like people didn't let go of their feelings of him from like, you know, IDW 1.0. Yeah. And and that's, and that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, I guess maybe, maybe as Transformers fans, we're more predisposed to have to do that because they're, you know, you've got the Sunbow cartoon continuity. You've got the Marvel US continuity. You've got the Marvel UK continuity. You've got Beast Wars and Beast Machines and Japanese series that contradict the American series, but somehow still tie into it. You know, you've got all these different kind of, you know, universes or whatever. And then you start getting into, you know, the the different, you know, every time they made a new, you know, anime or a new cartoon, it was always starting from scratch. You know, every time it was it, it was trying to sort of emulate the model of the Bay former movies, you know, where it's like Megatron Prime. Prime has a ragtag crew of guys kind of like Beast Wars, you know, that, you know, they were trying to apply certain, you know, models to things and, 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 and move forward with it. So you had all these different start from scratch continuities. So I, I think there was also the maybe the general assumption that that. that <laughs> See, I, I think part of it, and this is just me, you know, backseat driving and analyzing or whatever, but it's like the fact that the the especially the phase two was the most quote unquote critically acclaimed Transformers comics, right? That that there ever had been in the longest time, right? That I think was I mean, I think there's a truth to that and it's unprecedented. And I think most times I think the past evidence was you know, you start a new cartoon, Transformers Prime supplants Transformers Animated, you know, Beast Wars supplants, I don't know, Generation 2 or, you know, you know, what, whatever you're you're pointing to. It's like, you know, there in this fan base, there was a built in like, oh, you constantly you, you need to start over with every new series, every new incarnation. So I think there was a maybe a general assumption like, oh, these guys can do that. Like we, we can just restart this and, and, and do something new and they'll, they'll be on board with it because they have to do that all the time. But I think it wasn't accounting for the people that had only come into it with phase two, you know, the people that like, yeah, you know, got all devoted to it. And yeah, there were tons of people who just like started reading it more than meets the eye, basically. Right. Like, they hadn't right. read any of Furman stuff or any of the runs before that. So, Right. And, 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 and then and then for them to, to have to do that, like, I, I think that that would have been akin to, you know, the first time, you know, DC fans had to deal with crisis on. And you know what I mean? It's like it's like we, we all look at it like it's old hat now. But, you know, it's like if you can remember, you know, it's the same people that were crying about the new 52 and everybody's like, you know, they got the the meme with Franco and the guys getting hung and they're like, first time, you know, like, like, like we've all been <laughs> yeah. hung out to dry, you know, tons of times before with rebooted continuities and all this other stuff. But sometimes you forget like that getting the rug pulled out from under you, like everybody has their first time. And for some of these folks, this, this continuity might've been the first time. So there, there may have been some misdirected anger towards that continuity too. And I think, you know, you and I are both kind of, 
old old hands at this. So I, I don't think we, we have our own opinions and takes on on this 2.0 continuity or whatever. But I don't I don't think we held the the restart necessarily against it although i do you know there, there is that part of me like i said in the opener of this like where i i do kind of question like why was this done exactly you know like or or if 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 you had felt like you had told the story you set out to tell with you know idw 1.0 for lack of a better term it's like why then then why do you need a two you know what i mean like i guess the answer is money right like yeah but but, you know it's still like if if you're if you're going to take that creative approach to answering why it's ending then give me a creative reason why you need to relaunch it you know what i mean and i don't i don't know that that was ever effectively communicated in any promo publicity within the story context itself you know like I, i never it just felt like you know, it was part of the the machine and the whole, you know, it's, it's the whole red letter media, you know, consume, 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 you know, and you're just like, all right, I'm, I'm consuming this shit. But I, I it's hard for me to get behind it and become super emotionally invested, per se. Like 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 you said, this is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. But is this Ruckley thing going to withstand the test of time? Like are, are, are these stories going to be remembered in perpetuity? Like, eh, I don't know. Like, I do wonder, like, for anyone who, like, totally, like, you know, dropped out and then, like, came to this, like, later, like, you know, sort of like almost Justin sort of did. Mm-hmm. And like he said, it's, it's you know, most of these people say, oh, it's much a bit, much better read when you binge it, basically. It's it like, it, it kind of reminds me of the discussion we had about um, what, what's that? The, the Kang saga in uh, View 6 run oh the what, kang dynasty kang dynasty like me reading kang dynasty on a monthly basis was pure agony and and you always point to it as a really fun kang story and and most i, I think what we discerned from that is kind of what we're discussing that you you read it, I read it all trade. in one shot you yeah. read it all in one shot it was it, you had the whole thing you you didn't have to like you know wait month after month and you're like come on man get it on whereas like i i think we both had you know, moments of that in this, you know, this incarnation of Transformers where you, you were reading it month to month and, and there were moments where you're like, come on, man, when is something going to happen exactly? But if you if you do binge it, then it, you know, kind kind of like you binge certain Netflix TV shows or whatever. Like, like I, I think this is written in a way where it is written like a novel. It is designed to be binged. It, it, it reads better when you have the whole thing in front of you as opposed to it's funny to say, but I, I, I think that's something that the, you know, may, maybe this is the irony of it all that people in all these business models, I, I feel like that, that I, I get that, you know, Oh, comics are dying. They want to keep them afloat. They try to do things like right for the trade. So they go into the bookstores and, or you try to do these crowdfunding models or whatever it is. But like it always, to me, and the crowdfunding models seem like something where it's like you're getting a, a 96 page graphic novel and then you have to wait two or three years like a season of fucking Game of Thrones to get the next <laughs> 96 page graphic novel. And I'm like, in in those models, I feel like the, the person really has to like love the hell out of what they got the first time for them to to put in that time or or i mean you know maybe that's a you know first world problem thing but you know the the whole notion of uh, i'm gonna you know i'm gonna wait for you to 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 release your next creative output and i don't always feel like they you know the, the original model of comics was 
you, you, you release it on a monthly basis. And when you get the, the end of that issue, you got to be like, oh, my God, how the fuck does Spider-Man get out of this? You know, and you're all you're all juiced and you can't wait to find the next issue. And I feel like a lot of these things that are written like novels or written for the trade or whatever, like you don't I mean, that, that that's why some of those cliffhangers, like if a cliffhanger in comics is done well, that's usually something that I, I, I feel like I idealize or put on a pedestal because, you know, it's like or, or, or in some sense, you know, the whole die cast construction thing. I feel like the the the. The, you know, the, this exciting conclusion that has you on pins and needles at the edge of your seat type thing so that you you are invested enough to want to e- even if the next issue sucks, you that 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 cliffhanger is so captivating that, that you're you're compelled to seek out the next issue. And I, I don't always feel like, you know, to me, I feel like that's a lost art, too, in certain contexts of modern comics. I mean, they, they can do all the the promotion, all the blitzing, all the, you know, we've got this creative team. This is why they're so cool. We've got this, you know, this hot artist, we've got this hot writer, we've got, you know, uh, uh, all these multimedia tie-ins or we, you know, we've got this stuff that, uh, looks and feels like these exciting billion dollar movies or whatever, like, like anything to try to get people in, you know, they're saying we got this, but I'm like, you can't just write a comic like to, have a exciting I mean that's that was supposed to be part of the original thing but when it just becomes like another chapter in the cog I know sometimes it can be forced like like serials of Doctor Who where it's like they they have to come up with an exciting thing at the end of every chapter and it becomes you know routine or mundane or you can poke and make fun at it but it's like that you know that's that's the art of it it's it's supposed to be an exciting cliffhanger every single time and and if you can't do that then you know, that, that I mean, that's part of I don't know. This is just me going on my old man harp thing. But, um, you know, that that's part of, you know, what I think is lacking in in modern comics sometimes. Right. you got to have like, you know, the, that's how you get your readers to come back. Like, as you got and and it doesn't I guess, you know, where in this Internet age, it's kind of hard to hold on to like, you know, like, you know, you can't do a like Thunderbolts twist anymore or anything like, you right. Because because it, every- it gets spoiled. Well, and, and, but I mean, that's interesting, too, that you bring that up, because, I mean, these guys, these retailers that had these copies of Void Rivals that pre-ordered them like months and months ago, knowing that it was a stealth tie in to Transformers and G.I. Joe being at Skybound. I mean, I got to I got to give it up. I mean, yes, bleeding fucking cool, like got a hold of it and tried to break it early. But I mean, it's like early how like by like a week, like a couple yeah, that's, days. That's really good. Come out. I mean, I mean, is, yeah. yeah, all things considered, like th- th- whoever was in charge of of managing that uh, secret and, and, and getting everybody, whether it's retailers or whoever, to to to, to keep a lid on all that stuff, that, that it still was relatively a stealth release and that, that, you know, most of us didn't know too much about it until maybe the week before it was released. And that's actually perfect, right? Because then anybody who didn't know was was put in the know you know, and, and, and again, that that's something to me that I think is worth discussing. But I, I, I found that an interesting business approach. Right. It's like Kirkman's releasing his own title and he's using the 
anticipation and nostalgia and 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 built-in audience of two Hasbro franchises to catapult his own creator-owned comic into you know uh, notoriety just by the sheer fact that like Jetfire you know wakes up from uh, being buried and is like yo wakes up and fucks off <laughs> yo what it, what it is and then he he flies off right and and like that's I mean to to me that's that's interesting right because it's like I I can see. I can see why, you know, I mean, it it may be a head scratcher to some people, but I mean, I can see why you'd lead with your own stuff first rather than launch, you know, the the IPs, the licensed IPs that everyone's interested in and then try to like somehow tie it into your your creative own book, because then by then maybe all the anticipation and and kind of yearning like that, that would have all dissipated. But because. It, it's at a peak, right? Like the, the IDW hasn't had the license since the end of 2022. We've been sitting here going, when are they going to announce something for 2023? We all kind of sat here and figured, ah, it might come sometime by the time Rise of the Beasts comes out. And that movie came out and we're like, we still don't quite know anything yet. And then, you know, maybe a couple weeks ago, you know, we, we get the whole, hey, check out Void Rivals or whatever. And, and then, you know, me and Justin were in the store and we both bought a copy. I guess the proof is in the pudding, but you know, I mean, there, there is some evidence. I mean, I know, I know what you're saying. Like, like some, sometimes it it is certainly difficult to keep the lid on spoilers and surprise. And sometimes revealing spoilers and surprises go hand in hand with publicizing and getting people to pick, you know, it's like you wouldn't have picked up void rivals if you didn't know transformers were involved possibly. Right. Like, so, so sometimes they go hand in hand with, with selling copies of your book. So don't think I can make it. Speaking of like technical solutions, basically, I think like, you know, Ruckley picking brainstorm to die in the first issue was a technical solution basically. Cause okay. Like he wanted to do a murder mystery. It's like, it's and it's the first issue of a new continuity. So in like, you can't do a murder mystery where you don't care about who got murdered. But it's like, you know, it's the first issue of a new continuity. So, like, who's he going to pick? And, like, he can't pick if he wanted to kill a scientist or something. He can't pick, like, Wheeljack. Like, you can't kill Wheeljack in the first issue. Like, you can't kill Perceptor. Like, Brainstorm, like, just had a long, healthy run of stories in the previous continuity. He has that built-in fan base, even though it's not the same Brainstorm. Like, so I thought, like, you know... That's a good like it's a good chess move. I don't know if it paid off because like like we said, like people were all I guess people didn't see the chess move, basically, or they didn't like, you know, understand the chess move. But I think it was a good swing that didn't like, you know, pan out. But like, you know, that it was a technical solution, basically. But yeah, no, just in general about Ruckley's uh, run, like um, it's collected in six hardcovers if you want physical like copies of it. So you can like. Like, you know, buy the six hardcovers and read the entire continuity. And like, as of this recording, I'd, if you wanted to possess physical copies of these, I'd suggest you do it fast because IDW mm. no longer has the license and, you know, they can't, you know, produce any more of these. Like maybe in the future, someone will have the license to like reproduce like out of print stuff. But like right now, like they don't. So in whatever case, like, yeah, like I again, like. I thought it was fine. I thought he had a lot of good ideas. 
I thought he had very good characterization. Like he had good plotting. It was just the pacing that really let him down. And I think like it was in some small way, the art too, like the art, like they, they, to keep it coming out on a regular basis, like, and you know, for the first like 12 issues or so, it was coming out like uh bi-monthly, like, or, or bi-weekly, I should say, like two issues a month. I did to do that. You know, you need a lot of artists. So like the first 12 issues have like, you know, six or seven artists between all of them or something. So like, you know, there's kind of a whiplash there. So like there's, you know, readers like consistency. So maybe that's probably why, you know, a lot of people were turned off because not everyone's going to like like certain art styles and, you know, and there's, there's a lot of them. So, and like, like you said, like this annual is, is, is penciled by Alex Milne. So like that, maybe that was a like grab at the people who like were missing like the previous like stories or whatever. Like you said, we're old hands. So like, you know, I saw the tricks, like they, it's not like they didn't work on me, but I understood them and I was willing to give like leeway for them. But like, I feel like a lot of people like just were kind of like, you know, yeah, I'm not going to give any leeway. Like, why right, isn't this right. like, you know, why isn't this 110% like right out the gate or whatever? Like, so, but uh, yeah, like, I mean, when all was said and done, I was like, you know what? Like, I enjoyed a lot of that. Like there were problems with it. There's a lot of like elements and precedents that Ruckley set like for Transformers that I hope would continue in following continuities. Like I, I think there's like he did a lot of like problem solving for things. Like I feel like I liked the whole like mentorship thing he set up mm. where like, you know, Transformers would have a like mentee when like when a when a protoform is born from like, you know, Vector Sigma or whatever, they get like a mentor. And that's a way to do like children and like families and Transformers mm-hmm. without doing some stupid like, you know, fanfic thing where like, you know, Transformers like sexually reproduce or something like. So like if you wanted to do a story like that, you know, you you, you have like a, a, a parent kid relationship if you wanted. And then I think he did a good job with like female Transformers like they were just there and like they were. You know, it, it seemed like he was like really pulling in as many female Transformers as he could possibly get just to, you know, make it more of a, you know, a, a gender like disparity, more like, you know, real like, you know, hu- hu- I should say real life. I, I should say like, you know, human life, basically like humanity. And like, I think this is the first time reading a Transformers continu- continuity where I got like maybe eight issues in. And I realized I could lost track of the amount of female characters that had shown up so mm. far. And like, that's probably a first for Transformers. Like, cause you know, it's it, for years and years and years, it's like, Oh, the girl showed up basically like, you know, RC or, or black arachnia or whatever, you know, the one girl showed up like, so like, you know, that, that, that that's a good step, I think. And yeah, the, the, there's, there's a ton of other like little technical things he did that I really enjoyed. Yeah, like a, the, 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 even if like his, you know, his pacing kind of probably threw a lot of people off and maybe it didn't he didn't get to pay off everything he wanted to pay off. But I still I still really enjoy this continuity. And like maybe you said, like, who's going to revisit this? And like I might like in a few years or okay. whatever. But like, you know, we'll, we'll see. Like I, I I bought all six hardcovers like I have them like so it, it, I, that- I can 
is that collected version like is it is it just the the 36 something issues it, it's it got everything some of the, it, it's got oh, okay. it's got the galaxy issues mixed I in see. it's got the wreckers miniseries it's got okay. the like halloween one shot it's got everything okay. in like order so that's like you know that's a good you know that's a good buy basically i, I know i'm a goofball but i i i have fondness for that that wreckers one because it's like I, I don't know. I, I remember wacky I was telling race, you. Wacky races. Well, it's like it's like it's like it was like Saved by the Bell meets Wacky Races with Transformers. Like that's what it felt like to me. So <laughs> I was just kind of like you know I don't know. I I had fun with that. Yeah, that, but, I, that, but, I thought yeah. that was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh huh. But uh, but yeah, like I guess like yeah, let's. I, I picked like I said this annual. Like I I feel like this is my favorite like single issue from this continuity. Okay. And, like and I, I, another reason I picked it is. Like it's got Thunderwing in it, which is like one of my favorite characters, and I know you're a fan of the Technobots. Yeah, and they I, come. I, I, I think they that. have a. This is a spotlight like Technobots like issue basically yeah, too. Yeah, it so, is. The the cover is uh, really interesting. Like I mean, it's it's like one of those things where you you kind of don't pick up everything on it until maybe you've read the story. I think you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I do like, you know, it's like the wires separating, like all the various elements of the story, like coming out of light. Right. Yeah. And like it's a, and it's kind of like the Technobots are all trapped. And then you've got, you know, these various images. And I, I think, too, if you weren't, you know, to me, I, I think there's something about it where light bright is not exactly the, the most uh, recognizable Transformers character. And, and she's the main focus of the the cover where all the wires are coming from her head. And then if, if you look at, you know, what is it? Uh, Lodestar, I think. Or, yeah. The, the female Titan Titan, right? Like, I mean, yeah. unless you read the story, you, you wouldn't know that, that she's in one of the, the images. And then, and then the kind of the rogue Titan is also making up some of the other images. So it's like, you know, uh, you know, maybe longtime fans, we can pick out, Oh, look, there's Thunderwing or, Oh, look, there's air arachnia or bludgeon or whatever. Like maybe that's easy for us to pick up on. But I think, you know, some of these other ones uh, for me, I, I, I remember kind of looking at like prints of this or, you know the the preview images and kind of going who who are all these guys you know yeah. what I mean? so so there is that aspect to where you know the, the the more you read of it you know the more familiar you uh you become i i wrote up like a little paragraph summary of it so let me just yeah i'll read all the info and then we'll, we'll discuss it more in depth but uh yeah annual 2021 uh with a cover date of may 2021 uh written by brian ruckley pen Penciled by Alex Milne, uh, colors by John Paul Bove, uh, letters by Jake M. Wood, and edited by David uh, Marriott, uh, Tom Waltz, and Riley Farmer. And the title of this story is Light Slash Star. And uh, I just wrote, like I said, a quick like summary. The Technobots, or Technical Solutions Team, are given the task of tracking down the rogue titan Vigilem after his destruction of the tether connecting Cybertron to its artificial winged moon. Traveling aboard their own Titan, Lodestar, and guided by Lodestar's city speaker, Lightbright, the Technos track Vigilum to the asteroid colony of Hexagon. There, they uncover a conspiracy involving Hexagon's administrator, Thunderwing, and are forced to take on his underlings, the assassin Bludgeon, the mercenaries Dirt, Justin Ramjet, and the mad scientist Arachnid. 
With Lodestar and Lightbright engaging in a battle of their own with Vigilem, will the Technobots gain the edge they need to win the day? Spoiler, they do. But yeah, like, I, I mean, you know, seeing the solicits for this, like, seeing, like, the cover, like, you know, knowing that Alex Milne was going to pencil it, like, knowing that Thunderwing was going to show up, I was really excited for this annual when it was, like, first announced. And it, I don't know, like, when I first read it, I think I was kind of, like, like, you know, I didn't hate it, but I think I was a little, like, tepid to it, I guess. Like, I was like, oh, that was okay. But but I think, like, rereading it over the years, this is probably, like, the third or fourth time I've read it. Like, you know, just reading it for this this show. Like, I think I really appreciate it a lot more, like, now. Just because, like, like I said, I think this is a good, like, spotlight Technobots. And then you can also call it, like, a spotlight, like, Light Bright and Lodestar or mm-hmm. something. And yeah. I, I think that's... It's probably a, a testament to like how good Ruckley is with characterization because I think he does a good job with all of those characters basically, and uh, I think it's long, long overdue that the Technobots like get to look good basically. Mm. Like, you know, before this, like, you know, we in IDW 1.0 continuity, most of the I think all the Technobots died at one point or another, like. And uh, comp- they never formed Computron. And then, like, right before this, like, we had that stupid, like, Combiner Wars Machidima stuff where Computron looked like a friggin' lame and, like, died. Like, Q-, Q calling Computron a big nerd. Yeah. <laughs> what a nerd. And then, yeah, but here, like, not only are they, like, super competent, they they're super competent. Like all five of them get a moment to shine or like otherwise like look cool. Like mm-hmm. all five of them are in character and like, you know, they it's just like a good showcase for them. And, you know, when they get to, you know, eventually finally they get to be Computron and like, you know, they, they fall into like the, the artificial enigma or whatever and become Computron at the end. So like I was, I, I you know, I, I like the Technobots, but they're not my favorite team or whatever. But like I was glad to see them like actually, you know, when, when I first read the solicitation and like was starting reading this issue, I was kind of like, oh, you know what's going to happen? Like the Technobots are going to go there. And they're going to get like killed or something. And like, you know, the secret, like they're going to get silenced because they learned the secret of like the hexagon colony or whatever. And like, but they didn't. So I was like, kind of like pleasantly surprised. Like I was like, you, I, I, I was like, you mean they didn't get owned? Like, wow, that's great. Like, cool. Like, okay. But you know what else I kind of like about this is that uh, light bright. I, I hope this doesn't come across as like, uh, you know, damning praise or whatever, but like, I, I feel like Lightbright is one of those characters that has the potential to not only, you know, going to what you said about the Technobots looking stupid, like there there could be the potential to where, you know, the, the Technobots are inconsiderate of their comrade or that that, you know, somehow that she is not given a. Uh, uh, you know, her her own moments like to have conflict and also rise to the occasion, you know, like, I don't know, it seems to me like sometimes th- they introduce characters and, you know, just because they are who they are, you're, you're sort of, ex- you know, they're expected to be victorious, but there's no there's no sense of conflict. There's no, there's no, uh, you know, arc for them and they, they don't have to rise to the occasion. But in this sense, I, I mean, I feel like there, there are opportunities where, you know, she's 
she she has her own concerns like they they both you know n- neither of them is happy that they're going after a rogue titan it's it, it kind of harkens to the whole you know brother versus brother type thing like that you know they they constantly talk about how look this is you know this option that they have to destroy vigilum is is kind of like to be used as a last resort you know the interaction she has with uh, light speed, you know, it could have easily turned into, oh, he's he, he's trying to, you know, hit on her or he's trying, you know what I mean? Like that, that there's something uncouth about what he's trying to do. But I, I just feel like they they are, you know, sharing a moment and, and, and it's also a way to display, you know, something that she takes joy in where she's dancing at first. And, and by the end of it, spoilers, right? They, they do have to fight Vigilum and, and there really is no other option. And it's not so much like scattershot is like, you got to pull the trigger, you know, or, you know, like nobody's forcing her to do it. Like she knows on her own, like it's, it's basically her and her Titan or this rogue Titan. And, and, you know, she's, she's pleading with him not to make her do that, but you know, there's no, there's no reasoning with this guy and she's the one that, that kind of takes him out. Right. And then picks up the other, you know, technobots and, and they kind of, you know, go off to, to Cybertron. And then when, you know, to me, when it ends, it's like that thing of, she had her happiness with her music and her dancing, but you know, it's, it's like now there's an undercurrent of, of sadness about the character because she, she was forced to, you know, participate in this, this, this wartime, you know, scenario or whatever, and take that ultimate action. And, and, you know, it, it makes that character seem like they had a complete arc and, and, and they're not, I don't know, to me, it, it just seems like, you know, no, nobody's pointing fingers at anybody. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like it, it's just the situation is what it is, you know, like, and, and nobody's, nobody's saying, oh, you know, I'm, I, I got a raw deal or, or if it wasn't for, you know, this scenario, I, I'd still be a happy person or whatever. It's, it, you know, it, it, it's like, it's tragic, it's sad, but nobody's kind of working with the hands they're dealt and they, they're trying to be the best characters they can be so like in that sense i mean i was kind of again revisiting this you know and and in some sense you know potentially reevaluating like like you said maybe when you first read it you think oh this is kind of an average annual it was okay but i mean there's 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 a lot of uh i think pitfalls and traps that that uh you know a modern writer could easily have fallen into that that you know we're we're all you know, skillfully dodged, weaved and avoided in this, you know? So like, I mean, I think, I think I just appreciate it on that, you know, on, on those merits period, you know, and then, and then there's like fun stuff. Like I was thinking about you and me when, um, when uh, Afterburner gets all mad when he's playing against Nosecone, because I'm like, oh, that's that's like when you kick my ass playing like Street Fighter <laughs> games or whatever. And I'm like, God damn it. I can't win shit. But, you know, like that's, you know, it's like, th- th- like you said, there's a lot of fun character moments in between like some of the, the serious, you know, action beats and death defying daring do. Yeah, I liked that whole bit because like nose cones, like, you know, I, I forgot, like Strafe or Lightspeed asks him, like, you know, like how many times have you beaten him? And he's like, oh, four times this trip alone. But he'll come back like he'll, he keeps coming back for more like and then <laughs> like and that's funny because then like, you know, that's not just like an idle scene. That's like a setup for later when Afterburner's like fighting bludgeon 
and bludgeons like, Hey, like sit down. And like afterburners like, Oh, you don't know me very well. Do you? Like I never right, right. give up basically. Like, so like, you know, the, the very, like I said, I'm, I'm Ruckley's characterization, I think is really excellent. Like, and I think like, like, like you said, like, I, I really, in, like, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed, like, the discussion like light bright and lodestar have with each other where it showcases like what a bond like they have like the bond between like a city speaker and their titan basically and they you know they reminisce about oh like all these cool things we saw together out in space and you know and you know when she's explaining to lightspeed like about their bond and stuff and like they're like there was an element of that with like wind and windblade series, like in IDW 1.0 when she was like, you know, met more or less Metroplexes like city speaker, but it wasn't really like, I don't know. I, I didn't feel it as, as much as I you, did in this annual. You know basically. what I think the, the distinction I feel like is, is in that IDW, you know, uh, phase two or, you know, 1.0 or whatever we're calling it. Like it felt like the Titans were all these ancient things that had to be dug up. And the, the city speakers were like this way of communicating with something that was ancient. It's like, it's like, it's a difference between digging up dinosaur fossils, reassembling them. They turn into a magical dinosaur thing. And then there's only certain human beings that can like speak, dinosaur right like, and you're the dinosaur speaker and that's one thing where it's you know that that's interesting and it's fascinating but this is more like you're a fucking dino writer like you were there when the dinosaurs <laughs> were at their peak and you you had this bond with whatever your dinosaur was and you rode the shit out of it and you saw cool shit and you you know you blasted people or you did whatever the fuck dino riders do right and 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 it was just kind of like it, it, it you know the the advantage of this being set like pre great war is that you you know you can have those moments of like oh this is when you know the, almost like a golden age of you know and even in this it's kind of like oh these are the last two titans you know like but 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 it's still more than all these guys being buried alive you know what i mean like like at least at least these guys are you know they, they might be on their way out but they're still sort of in their prime i guess or at least it, 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 examples of that can be shown. I, I also like when Lodestar like tries to talk like reason with Vigilum. Like they yeah, have a like yeah. like dialogue with each other that feels like like you know it, it's you know it's in English like you can read it and follow the conversation, but it also seems kind of like alien like the way they talk to each other. It's like you know like Titans like interacting or like a completely different like social like interaction than like a Titan and like a normal transformer or two normal transformers or something like, I don't know the, the way they talk to each other is just very distinct. And, and like, I enjoyed that as well. And like you said, like when they have to fight each other, like, you know, Lodestar is like pleading with them, like, you know, please don't make me. And then she has to like, basically like she has to use the, the WMD they have aboard to like destroy him basically. And that's like a, you know, that's some fantastic pages of art too. Like I think like when she blows Vigilum to pieces and stuff. 
But yeah, and the, you know, honestly, like the weakest part of this issue for me, and I was surprised because it was probably the part I was looking forward the most is like is, the, is Thunderwing. Like Thunderwing, yeah, and like like because he's you know he, he's cool looking and he's like you know he's menacing in this issue, but he's just kind of I don't know he's kind of like generic, I guess. Like, and by this point, like you know, in the in the main book, like the Decepticon uprising was occurring. So, and like you know, Megatron had gathered all these like you know soldiers who were like in peacetime and they all had the same like you know basically gripe that hey it's peacetime we're soldiers like we don't like the way we're being treated we don't have any purpose like and that that's thunderwing's characterization as well so like there was nothing really to like mark him out like as a like you know a, a character because every every decex oh i I'm, I'm saying x decepticon i should say future Decepticon in this continuity basically has that as their baseline is, is, is that like characterization? So like, I certainly liked him, you know, having his own like mini, like, like, what do you call it? Like serfdom almost like where, yeah, I mean that, that kind of is the one thing that, that sets him apart because it, it, to me, it sounded like he was like, kind of, uh, like a G axis type, guy like that that he was one of the ones on the front lines and he was on the front line so much like the the difference between him and everybody else is everybody else came home to gripe about it but he stayed out there and had like you as you call it he had his own little serfdom and and that's why he kind of gives scattershot the third degree he's like do you know who the fuck i am like do you know what i fucking did like and, and he's like, don't come in here and tell me about the Senate. There is no fucking Senate, you know, like not anymore, you know, like. And, and so it's like the, the, to me, the, there is something that's uh, interesting about that and, and maybe sets him slightly apart, because I, I, I think that's what's interesting is because because m- most folks, I think what makes them. I don't know. I don't know if compliance the right word, but like makes them akin to the the future Decepticon cause, as you call it, like they they do all sort of align under Megatron. But the thing that like makes Thunderwing distinct as a Decepticon usually is, I mean, he's kind of his own boss. Right. Like and, and, and that's that's kind of what's established here. Like like he's he's kind of a satellite operation and like. That I guess that's what's interesting about Vigilum, too, because you wonder, like, I mean, I, I know you were talking about how they had their alien conversation amongst, you know, like a, a conversation that's only meant to be amongst Titans. But th- there is that aspect of of kind of uh, soldiers that have been abused, right? Like where, you know, he's like, look, I just want to fuck off and get some repairs on Thunderwing's little serfdom. And and then, you know, people are coming after him. Right. And 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 there there was that part of me that wondered, like, you know, uh, you, you know, in a fanboy way, like can, can Vigilum somehow come back or turn into, you know, Trypticon or something? You know what I mean? Like like just something like fandom ish, like, you know, fanboy nerd ish, like where can could that could that have led somewhere to where it made sense to where you were like, oh, there's only Metroplex and Trypticon after all this, even though. It seems like there is no Metroplex and Trypticon in this continuity, but but maybe somehow, you know, you're you're like, oh, is there some way to lead to that? Could they take his his remains and 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 the the spirit of that would be what you know what became Trypticon or something like that? And I you know I don't know just just that whole notion of like that that he he 
he just wanted to go to this place and and sort of you know fuck off basically but but he he they weren't you know they weren't going to let him alone because of what what he was what he represents the i mean i guess by their definition titans are wmds you know what i mean so it's like they they couldn't be left unchecked you know and so that's that's part of the you know the issue that the the technobots are basically being called upon to come up with a you know a technological solution for like I kind of I'm hoping eventually like I've got a like big third party like Thunderwing figure, but he's like a little too bulky. But I'm hoping eventually Hasbro releases like a new Thunderwing, like sort of leader class figure. And like I, I'm going to get that new bludgeon. And then I want I have like the Earthrise dirge thrust and ramjet. Mm. So I want to mm. get that throne that I have that came with like coronation star scream and like seat thunderwing in it and put like bludgeon and the three cone heads like all around him. Like, cause that's a cool like visual. Yeah. Yeah. That is a cool shot. And it's only, I was going to say it's, I didn't, it didn't even occur to me, but it's almost like a, a like a, almost half a reunion of the like Armada Unicron heralds in this issue. Yeah. The, thunderwing the thing- dirge and bludgeon. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of also reminds me of like Straxus, like back when he was doing his Cybertronian fiefdom or whatever, because that's how they introduced a lot of those guys in the first place. So, yeah, uh huh. And then you've got like you know he's also got like Arachnid, like who uh, you know it, it's funny because like you know th- I enjoyed this continuity because like anyone who could be like repurposed into like a G one character, like Ruckley would like pull in. So you've got, mm. you know, light bright started life as like an animated character. And then you've got Arachnid who was in like transformers prime. And then, you know, you've got like, you know, all the other guys are from like G one or whatever. So it's like, you know, a bunch of characters from all over the place, but you know, the only way I could love that, like, you know, Thunderwing's whole setup more is if instead of Arachnid as his mad scientist, it was like Tarantulas or mm. something. But, you know, I get, I, I guess like Ruckley seemed to like stare away from like beast wars characters, but like, you know, Arachnid was like in a, you know, the prime was like a more G one styled show. So I guess she counts, but, but, uh, what do you, what do you think of like, you know, them making like an artificial, like enigma of combination or whatever, or like, is that like a, like, I mean, the enigma of combination is a friggin' like MacGuffin plot device or whatever, but like, I'm, I mean, back back in, I should say, back in our day or whatever. Like, if they wanted to make a combiner, they just made one. Like, there didn't need to be any like special like MacGuffin in the mix or whatever. They just like stuck them together, basically. But yeah, I don't. I I mean, I guess I guess that whole aspect of you know, I guess since since the 1.0 introduced the whole combiner wars aspect, and that there had to be some kind of either violation of the natural law or some kind of, you know, as you're saying, like some kind of MacGuffin to, to make characters able to be combiners like that, that always like uh, threw a monkey wrench in my understanding of things kind of like in the same way, like, you know, watching say like the Fox kids, X-Men and going, wait, Gambit's a member of the X-Men, but they've never met Colossus. Like, but what like 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 something like that where you're like wait a minute nobody's been a combiner and devastate has not been a combiner like that that always kind of threw a monkey wrench in my internal logic so i mean you know if it's just the the idea of okay they're trying to artificially create all of these 
the 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 results of these MacGuffins without actually having them. I mean, that seems like something that a you know a mad future Decepticon scientist would would shoot for. Um, and then and then the only other thing that made me kind of wonder is, you know, okay, like at this point in the continuity, like is this this is this the first time somebody's combined with artificial means? Or, or was it, did they already have... Um, they had that Galaxies four-parter that introduced the Constructicons. Oh, right, right, they, right, right. Like, they found the real, like, a They found the real one, right? Yeah, and yeah. then that's why that's why Devastator and Computron are fighting at the, like, the, the war's end or whatever. Because yeah. they're, they're the both the, the existing combiners. That's right. Okay. Yeah, it is like like I said, it, it's great that Computron like got his due like in this continuity, basically. Like he's the number one, like most important, you know, Autobot combiner. Estimated probability of Terrorcon victory over Computron, four point one percent. Scoot. Another like dis- well not disappointing, but like I I guess I was I'm I'm used to bludgeon being like more <laughs> how do I put this like extra than he is in this Mm. issue? Basically, Like he's just like, he's like taskmaster in this issue or something or, or like, like, you know, some grunt or or like, you know, lead grunt or I know a good comparison. He's like sports master from the young justice cartoon. Mm. Mm. The main bad guys like chief enforcer, you know, he, he kind of like talks normally. He doesn't like, you know, IDW 1.0 bludgeon was kind of like a fa- religious fanatic. And then, you know, Marvel bludgeon is like a, you know, martial artist, like, you know, metallicado, like spouting, like mystical guy. And this bludgeon is just like in it for the paycheck. It seems like it basically. He's just like, yo, I, I, I did. I did like when they have the exchange and it's kind of like, he's like uh, alleged crimes, alleged this and that, but successful, uh, Oh, evasion. evasion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. And that's almost, and you know, when they talk about like, like bludgeons, like, Oh, like he's been in stasis like four times, but he always finds a way out. Like somehow, like how, you know, that's almost, I feel like that's almost like a vague callback to that. Like, marvel black and white uk story where i don't know if you remember it but it's like bludgeons in prison and like he like i think it's like inferno watching him in prison and like he uses his like telekinesis to like send his sword like flying through inferno and like that's how he breaks out of prison Uh, or whatever but like i I don't know it's like it's like a vague callback to him just being able to like waltz out of imprisonment whenever he wants to like basically but like maybe it's not but like it just seemed like a weird like parallel to that but no it seems seems valid to me yeah but yeah the you know he he's still cool and all he's just like uh i don't know like i some i guess i'm more used to my blood like bludgeon like you know saying things like you know like what he used to say in marvel like you know like fool like you know you are no match for like my metallicato or whatever right right so, well, I mean, I, yeah, you were probably expecting more of a Deathstroke Storm Shadow. And like you said, you're getting a Taskmaster sports uh, sportsmaster type guy. Yeah, like a working stiff type guy. But but yeah, I, do, I mean, I do like that bludgeon design. And I'm glad, like I said, they're making a toy sort of of it. Like it, it's not exactly the same, but it looks really inspired by it. So, 
you know, and looked cool. And I guess, you know, it's, I'm, I'm willing to give, you know, I know you think like bludgeon's a big badass too, but I'm willing to give like nose cone the win there. Like, I mean, he just kind of oh, ambushes yeah, yeah. bludgeon and like sinks his drill into him and that beats him. But yeah, you know, I mean, in the Marvel comics, Bludgeon was beaten by what's his face, uh, Sea Watch, the little like MicroMaster <laughs> boat. So, like you know, right, uh, right. It's I mean, like, it's it's like most badasses. If you actually like read how their ultimate demise comes about, you're just kind of like, hey, wait a minute, Sabretooth got uh, webs shot in his face and uh, Black Cat kicked his ass, you know, or, or whoever it is, right? And you're just kind of like that That just makes you scratch your chin and go maybe this guy's not as big a badass as uh, as he's made out to be. Maybe he's not as good as I thought, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like, like I said, you must be happy that, like, you know, Afterburner got to, like, you know, hold his own against yeah, like, Bludgeon, yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, I, 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 well, I, I think it's true what you said. I think everybody all the the technobots like had had moments to shine, you know, scattershot seemed pretty competent, you know, lightspeed seemed pretty cool, you know, afterburner, like you said, and nose cone had their moments and, and strafe also seemed to be kinda, you know, mouthing off and, and, and you know, when they get all separated and, and the whole the whole thing, you know, w- between the different you know, attack dogs of, of Thunderwing and stuff. So, I mean, um, you know, I, I, I think it, it, it's kind of like what you said, though. I mean, it, it is kind of kind of like the, the Megatron giving it to Shockwave. It's kind of a long time coming, right? Because there haven't been too many examples, I think, outside of those early, you know, Sunbow season three cartoons where I've seen the Technobots and been like, F yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like 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 there there haven't been too many of those moments. So I think I, I, I think I'd acknowledge that I guess this annual qualifies. Like you get like, you know, money is everything and then like this annual for like, you know, technobots right, right. being the, like the, cool, yeah, that's, like that's, you know. That's what you got. That's that's it, yeah. right? Uh, but yeah, like I, you know, I, I think, you know, I I'm more or less I've said what I wanted to say. Like I really like this annual. I think you know, like you said, like Alex Milne is a like a, a remnant, not a remnant, but a, a throwback to the previous continuity. But I think he um he adjusts his art. So he's like, you know, when he when he was doing like more than meets the eye, it's like, you know, since that was a more like, you know, a comedic, like a lot of comedic stuff mm-hmm. in that book. Like he had characters doing like wild takes and like almost every panel or whatever. And this one, it's like very restrained. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, just he does the technical stuff. And that's it, basically. So, I mean, maybe that's boring to some people, but I think it, you know, it's it's an artist's job to like work to the script, and I think he does that. Like, and you know, I, and I I always like seeing his art, but I, I I did like like going back to like the larger continuity as a whole. I I always liked like Anna Malkova's art, and she she did a huge bulk of issues like yeah, over yeah. the course of this continuity. So like, you know, it would have been nice to see her do a, you know, either a, a, a like hope, but like, you know, some of these people get to do stuff for like skybound or, you know, image in the like future maybe, but I guess yeah, I we'll don't, see. I, I mean, I, I think my initial theory was they would just try to, you know, start with a clean slate and that they wouldn't hire anybody. But then like I was telling you the other day, I did see, Andrew Griffith make this kind of vague tweet about uh, this latest project he's working on feels like he's getting the band back together. And that could mean any project that he's worked on in the past. But for some reason, my mind went to Transformers because of this 
recent Skybound announcement, and it got me thinking, hmm, I wonder if there is some, you know, some Transformers-related miniseries yeah, in the, the works that, 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 that caused him to kind of say, hey, I feel like I got the band back together or whatever. So, yeah, I, I mean, we don't know at this point, but, you know, who knows? Never say never, right? Yeah. But yeah, do you have any final thoughts about this or like Ruckley's um, run in general or this I, continuity? You know, I, I thought it was thoughtful that you picked this out because it does seem to feature characters that we both really like. And uh, I mean, I've, I've always been a fan of Alex Milne's artwork, especially so that uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. I don't know if we've talked about that too much, but that it's, you know, it, it, to me, it's always, uh, you know fairly exceptional and 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 I, I i think that's no different with this issue and you know what you said about maybe trying to tailor some of the style to the specific script he has i i think that's applicable here and i you know i enjoyed the designs you know again the storytelling is clear and i can follow it and you know i i think everybody kind of looks cool you know like so i mean I, I i think that's pretty much all you can ask for yeah in fact, the only the only thing this issue makes me regret is that I never pounced on one of those like Technobot box sets from Combiner Wars mm. or whatever. Like, because I think they're all mostly drawn like they're the Japanese version of those like toys. So, like, you know, I was kind of like, oh, now and nowadays it's probably like four hundred bucks or something, probably more for like to find one of those on eBay. So I was like, I'm not willing to pay that much for them. But you know, I was like, oh man, maybe I should have pre-ordered it when it was new or. Or something but oh yeah, well they've never they've never really made any third-party computron that i've been super crazy about but i mean i i could see myself maybe uh, going after some technobots if i thought they looked cool so yeah but uh yeah and if if, if the spies are lit hasbro spies are listening i could use a new thunderwing like official <laughs> thunderwing toy yeah like uh-huh get, get, I on, buy, yeah, get on that I, hasbro i would buy that up yes yeah, like, uh, okay, well, then, Derek, why don't you uh, do your thing? All right. If you guys have any questions, comments, and or concerns, you can reach us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Transformers Tuesdays, you can direct download all the episodes over on the blog spot. That's fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. And all of our other episodes can be direct downloaded there as well. We can be found on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we appreciate all the likes, hearts, retweets, and shares that we receive. And we can be streamed. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. How's that for technological solutions? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So this is Mike, and uh, signing off. This was yeah. This this was this podcast was the technical solution. Yes. This is Derek Derek WC signing off uh, and uh, successfully evaded uh, cancellation today. <laughs> alleged podcast recordings like successful cancellation of Asian right right right
probably set this up, but it's like, you know, whenever you want to do a like dance, dance revolution, you just say like Alexa, like dance, dance revolution. And, you know, the strobe lights come on and you just dance or whatever, like, you know, yeah, techno rave now, <laughs> lodestar techno rave now. Alexa, money is everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like, I like, like, you know, when Lightspeed interrupts her and he, she's like, you dare interrupt our private techno rave? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I was doing sexy dance for my Titan. Come on. Light, Lightspeed is all like, oh, man, like, I wish I could do a like spontaneous techno rave. That's all I want a Titan for is to have a spontaneous techno rave. It's like, I can't I can't techno rave for you, Titan, along with you. Like, why, why is it just going to be you? <laughs> <laughs> 